We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Boston's Sports Original. Hour number two of Fitzy and Hart here on the Middays. We'll be with you all week. You got your six rings, guys. Fitzy and Hart. Middays all week long leading up until the new year. Happy to have you at 617-779-7937. That's the phone number. Andy, before we get to the rest of the calls, and we have some uh, we got some oil, we got some oil torch and pitchfork people lined up on the phone lines right now, all standing outside like like the, the villagers are angry right now, and understandably so, and we're not here to incite a riot or anything, but we just want to give feedback and forum to people that are frustrated by the Patriots, who should be much better than they are and easily could or should have won more games, yet at the same time, each and every week, as I beg them not to do, continue to play two teams, themselves and whatever opponent is either in Foxborough or they have traveled to play. And caller... Uh, Ray, who was excellent, by the way, once again, I just want to highlight what a good call that was. Ray, in his monologue that you said would take a full hour to unpack, luckily we have three more to go, Andy, uh, highlighted, I think, the uh, the low light of the day from Matt Patricia's play calling, which was the play where John... <laughs> I almost have to laugh at it at this point now. John yeah, Smith and Hunter Henry... They're not laying on the ground hurt because Matt Patricia said, both of you guys run 10-yard digs into each other. Offensive play caller once again had two people basically run the same. It's either that it was designed like that or they don't understand the play at this point. And it's almost 2023 and they ran into each other. And now your lead tight end is likely going to miss a huge game, game 16 in week 17 against a divisional opponent that you're fighting for a playoff spot because they ran into each other and have been doing so all year. That's the thing that would frustrate me as a player. Like, you tell me I need to be on the field every day for two to three hours. Every single day, basically, between August and now. Mm-hmm. Why? We're not any better. We're not getting anything out of it. Hell, I think we could stay home, all have more time with our family and our children, show up on Sunday, fall back on what we've learned in previous years of football, and execute just as poorly. Right? Uh, uh, execute just as poorly? You tell me, Andy, seriously, uh, this is not just random sports radio conjecture and nonsense. You tell me what would which which New England Patriots team would have a better chance of competing with, keeping up, and or maybe pulling off an upset against the Dolphins, Cincinnati, et cetera. A team that goes through Patricia's progressions, playbook, et cetera, and game planning for a full week and looks like that, or Mac Jones basically just coming out and saying, guys, uh, hey, uh, watch me for changes and try and keep up. Let's just go two-minute, wing it. Yep, absolutely. I'll take it. I'll take my chances because I've seen 18 weeks or whatever of the first not working. It's also why I continue to say, hey, how about we just let Nick Cayley call plays on Sunday and see what happens? Uh, well, apparently you may have gotten some nice Christmas gifts. I got a couple of things. I'm really excited about it as well. But one thing we're not going to get is your wish of Nick Cayley probably calling plays anytime soon. Though our pal Mike Giardi did join us the other day on Christmas Eve Eve and said some closed door meetings following the Las Vegas Raiders loss. Uh, 
could have brought about some change. We haven't seen it yet, but all jobs and options are on the table. Back to the phones we go to the angry callers of Patriots Nation. Let's see if we can provide a little therapy on the day after Christmas, which still technically is Christmas observed. Gary is in New Hampshire. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Hey, hey fellas, how you doing? Hanging in there, so, my man. Uh, 27 years season ticket holder, and I took my kids to the game on, on Saturday. Oh, you're a and, terrible uh, dad. Sorry. <laughs> so if you think about it, right? So I, I sit in the one in the section 100s. I probably paid two hundred dollars a ticket to get, you know, to bring my kids, and I four, you know, four seats. So um, that that day alone cost me at least a thousand dollars. And for them to come out the way they did after they lost to the Raiders in that first half and give up twenty eight completions to Burrow, and then to 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 not have. An offense to get. I mean, I think they got one first down in the first half. I, I, there might have been one or two. It was it was it was pathetic, right? So they, the way they come out, and I'm sorry, Fitzy, I know you were involved in the in the halftime show, oh. and to see what, what they presented to us at halftime with the colonial singing of Crazy Train, and with the Celtics and Patriots cheerleaders, I'm like, what am I watching? This is like, I was like, I felt like it was in another world. Okay, this this is by far the worst coaching job that Belichick has ever done in his 20. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would say probably you include the Cleveland years. This is the worst year that they've co- that he's coached the, the decisions. Like there's no urgency to this team. They're, they're fighting for a playoff spot. It's fourth and two. And they're at the 45, 50 yard line and they punt it with the punter. that can't put it inside the 20. Okay. With a punter who and sometimes can't even hold the ball, Gary. Can't even hold the ball. How many kickers do we have right now? We've got a guy that can kick off because because folk can't kick it, you know, to, to the twenty, and then we have a puncher that we can't put it inside the twenty. It's just I don't understand what's going on with this team. It's very aggravating for me to spend a thousand dollars at least for, for me to take my kids to the game and to, to be a season ticket holder from day one when Kraft bought this team. I'm embarrassed to be a season ticket holder right now. I'm embarrassed for my team because they are talented and they sit born on the bench. And you watch, you know how hard it is to throw the ball in the cold and you watch Mac Jones throwing that ball and he's slicing the cold into Tyquan Thornton's hands, like right into his hands, 40 yards down the field. The guy is not the problem. This is the coaching staff. This is the play calling. This is their decisions. And then, you know, you got guys like Stevenson trying to do too much and not playing to the whistle, and they fumble it away. It's like, it's amazing to me. They've lost five games. There were 50-50 games that they would have won four of them in the past. And they, they could be, they could, this team could easily be, um, you know, their record could be flipped, uh, say 11-5, and five, whatever that number is, 11-6 right now uh, with two games left. It's just unbelievable that, uh, that they're doing with the, but playing the way they are because it looks like it's like the bad news bears in football. Yep. Wow. Wow, Gary, thank you so much for the call. I hope you had a Merry Christmas, my friend, because your Christmas Eve was obviously full of traffic, frustration, frigid temperatures, and subpar New England Patriots football. Gary listened to uh, Ray's call and said, I want to work nights with, (laughs) it's going to be Gary and Ray here on EEI. Man, the caller, they're they're mad, and they're able to, and here's here's the thing that I want to point out, Andy. They're all able to articulate their frustrations. It's not just like, this is garbage, and this is like, there are specifics to what Patriots fans are frustrated by. So for anyone inside the walls of one Patriot place at Gillette Stadium to think that, like, ah, they'll just keep coming back. We gave them six banners. Like, the 20-something years was so great. It wasn't all that thin around here. Like, 
We're not saying fire up the duck boats. Let's go. I, you know, I got a championship hunger and an absence of rings. It's more like, could you just at least put competence and consistency on the field so we can validate the ticket prices and the emotional investment? Because right now the ROI, it ain't it. Fitzy, you know my perspective. Sports are entertainment first. Then we get yes, into sir. competing for titles and all these things. Yes, but sir. give me a reason to want to turn the TV on or give me a reason to want to attend the game. That is the baseline for me. I know mm-hmm. sometimes you're not going to be as good as the other team. Sometimes the ball won't bounce. But be entertaining. And there's been too many times in the last three-plus years, you're not an entertaining football team. One of the great debates that's sprouting up in Patriot Nation these days, one of these silly hypotheticals, uh-huh. who would win, Cam Newton's ugly-ass Patriots or Matt Patricia's ugly-ass Patriots? Like, two oh, inept football teams, who would win? Remember when we used to dream of, like, Is that who really was better, something? the 07 Patriots or the 04 Patriots? Which Super Bowl champion was better? Who would win? Blah. Now it's... Who would win between two really, really, really bad, not entertaining offenses? Like, that's where you are. And guess what? People are like, yeah, I think I'd take Cam Newton's team. People are actually like, that's a discussion point in Patriot Nation. You know, your whole barroom debates or whatever the hell you call it. Like, that's what we're left with. How sad is that? It's awful. It's just crazy. Like, you... I think one in many of us said, Andy, following 2020, we didn't agree with many, if any, of the offseason moves. But I think most of us believe that that was one of Bill Belichick's better coaching jobs because he was able to take that roster in transition post Tom Brady, COVID season, Cam Newton, his inability to drive the football down the field, except with his legs. And sometimes he was too cavalier with the ball when he did drive the football down the field with his legs. And he coached them up to seven and nine while Buffalo was ascending to a dominant force in the East as well as the American Football Conference. That was a good job. What's happened since? Did everyone just forget how to coach? Did everyone forget situational awareness? The fundamentals of Foxborough football, everyone just, did they expire? Wrong coaches, wrong players. I think you have more players that aren't naturally heady football players, and I think you've lost a lot of your uh, trusted assistants. You're leaning on guys that aren't capable or are put in the wrong positions to be leaned upon. Because you know this, I think Judge could probably do a decent job with the special teams. I think Patricia could probably do a decent job with the defense. You're just not asking them to do those jobs. So you combine that. Players that aren't as good and aren't as heady and aren't as uh, situationally um, efficient and coaches that aren't as good as the guys you used to have in similar positions. 617-779-7937 is the number. The lines are full now. Steve, John in Springfield, John in Fall River. Rick, you guys, you're coming up next here. We're going to give you some of that Bill Belichick. We're also going to go through the weekend, do a little miniature what happened uh, week 16 NFL Christmas weekend edition coming up so much more. We'll talk a little Celtics later in the show because that was a big dub yesterday at the Garden. Big effort against the Bucks in the East. But right now, Nick LaPan will catch you up on everything else going on in sports with Trending Now. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go.
joint, Nicholas. Well done. Anything from the Back to the Future soundtrack, I approve. Get your Calvin Kleins on today, Andy? No. <laughs> Got my wind pants on. <laughs> Best Christmas gift you got yesterday, by the way? Uh, new grill for my boat. You got a, oh, a little grill for the, uh, you don't, what's your boat, a 20 footer? 21 feet. 21 feet. How big, how, what kind of grill can you have on there? A little, pro, little, uh, pro, little, little propane. Coleman little, propane tanker? No, I got, you got to go the stainless steel uh, version when you're around the salt water. So it's, uh, it's a stainless steel round, probably, I don't know, two feet in diameter. And it, you know, goes on the uh, bracket that fits into the rod holder so you can grill some burgers and dogs out over the water. No Very more PB nice. and J's at the beach for me. No more cold sandwiches. We're taking it up a notch, baby. Nicely done. Oh, that was thoughtful from the the kids and Mrs. Hart down there to play uh, yep. Grumpy Claws and give you a little something you'd be able to use like that. Can't. Well, now the, I say can't. Now wait. you just have to learn how to cook. I can cook just fine. I make some <laughs> damn good burgers. And I'm not saying I'm a chef, but uh, I can anything that goes on a grill. I can cook. Uh, but now I have to wait. That's the, the sucky part of it. It's kind of a tease because it's, you know. December 26th, and the boat won't be back in the water for five months, and it'll be freezing between now and then. I wish I could grill on it this afternoon with a Miller Lite and some fish thrown on there. And by the way, last question before we get back to the calls. Yes. The lines are legitimately full. Boy, oh boy, are you folks frustrated with the Patriots and right you now. And you want to give Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia a little what for and a hey now. Um, do you drink nog after Christmas, or are you one of those people It's like, ah, that's it, sugar cookies, nog, everything like that, it goes, it gets tucked away until next year after Thanksgiving? I will uh, play to the whistle, so to speak, so whatever's in the fridge and around, I will uh, drink and consume, but I will not read That's a great name for a segment on the show here <laughs> on Six Rings, play to the whistle. Or if you're Mac like Jones, it. play beyond the whistle and try to take out a guy's career. Oh, wait, Ooh, we'll get angry to that later. Heart. Coming up at 1145, is Mac Jones dirty? We have too many people that want to get angry at Bill Belichick right now to discuss the dirtiness or potential unfair play of McCorkle Jones right now. But back to the phones we go. John is in Fall River. He's one of many Fall River callers. Thanks for hanging on, John. What's on your mind, big guy? Hey, what's going on? Um, listen, I, Mac Jones, I don't think he's... Uh, I don't think he's a, a great quarterback. I don't even think he has the potential to be a great quarterback. But I also don't think he's as bad as he looks this year. And um, the coaching the coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff, is a big, big reason for that. And, I mean, I could go on and on about just individual plays. But, like, that fumble, the way they came back in that game, they squad back in that game and then that fumble, it just pretty much was like uh, – summarize their whole season you know um i the coaching staff's got to go and and you guys were talking about i heard you talking about uh with you actually in particular fitzy you were talking about um bringing sean payton and would you would you agree with that and you basically said if bill was stubborn about keeping matt, um, matt patricia and that you would be all for that and i think i think bill is that stubborn i it's like he doesn't want any outsiders. He doesn't like. He'd rather have a, a buffoon like Matt Patricia coach his offense because he knows him and he can. I don't know what, for, for lack of a better word, manipulate him or whatever the word may be. Like having he's just a yes man, then have somebody that's really qualified for the job that he doesn't know. That I, that's my. My feeling on him, I don't think the game's passed him by. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think they have a legit defense. 
if they, their offense was even halfway decent, I think they'd have a few more wins this year, and they would have won the closer games in the situational football and all that. They've always been Patriot-like. But that's this isn't, like you guys have said, I've heard it said, this isn't your father's Patriots anymore. So I don't know. I Hopefully Bill will make some changes that need to be made. I don't think he's finished. I think he still has the capability to be a good coach. But he needs to learn how to delegate authority and let people – let people help, uh, like from the uh, Jerry Maguire movie, help me help you. So thanks, guys, for letting me call. John and Fall River, thank you very much for yet another excellent call this morning. Andy, the whole mantra, the line, the, the company line and the motto, it's on T-shirts, merchandise. It's made the, the organization millions at this point. Uh, ignore the noise, right? Mm. Well, how come they can't – why are the Patriots – it's not noise – but why are they ignore, ignoring suggest, our, our suggestions, critiques, uh, valid feedback? Is that all considered noise as well? Oh, I'm sure they consider it noise. But I also think Bill answered that it's too late in the year to make any dramatic changes, which we've talked about I disagree with. I don't think Kaylee's a dramatic change. He's right there. You don't, have to, you don't even have to fly him in. As luck would have it, he's in the very meeting you're talking to Matt Patricia in. Um, but... I mean, they they manipulate their phrases and when they adhere to those various things. Now, the one thing I would push back on, like, mm-hmm. good defense. Good yeah, de- I knew. The second I heard him say that, I knew, like, here they comes They gave the up Andes. 300 yards in the first half, 7 of 9 third down, 22 first downs, 28 completions. What part of that defense was good? And it's not their fault. They have some injuries, and they are what they are, but Marcus Jones can't hang with T. Higgins. You know, Jonathan Jones can't He's hang giving with up you. nine inches right. to him. Easy. Height-wise. <laughs> it's, it's a family show. It's a borderline holiday. What are you Why talking about? Why did I about? know you were going to point this? Um, so, yeah, I, I think the defense, yeah, if you if you face Sam Ellinger and uh, those guys, they're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, feast. It's what we talked about the other day. You're above the below, but below the above. You're in that it's, media. Even in this game, like, I, I don't give them as much credit for what happened as I do – I think two key plays changed the game where two receivers didn't finish their routes slash weren't on the same page as Burrow. Now, what I give credit for is Marcus Jones, once he had the ball in his hands, right. dude's an athlete and made a play and changed the momentum of the game, but I'm not sure how great the defense was until you, you opened the door as Bengals receivers. Huh? Yeah, I think we dubbed it the other day, uh, the cream and the crap. That's yeah. the story of the 2022 Patriots. When they face the crap, they dominate, and when they face the cream, they cower. And it's that simple, and that's why you are 7-8, and eight, right around 500, right on that cusp of the expanded playoffs with all these other teams that kind of find a way but kind of don't find their way. And nobody takes you seriously, right? Like, you're not a serious – you're a speed bump in the first round of the playoffs. Super wild card weekend, my ass. You're not super in any way. Well, I mean, it's super wild card weekend, you know, because there's seven teams, so there's more playoff games in the NFL. Yeah, we let more bang for your buck, bro. No, no, no. more bad football for my buck. In a season where the greatest player of all time. You know, some of it's mediocre. I'll I'll enjoy a mediocre game from time to time. Patriots-Bills, was that mediocre? No. Well, unless you're a Bills fan, then it was Like last night. I'll give you, okay, Andy, the the way that the weekend worked out, and we'll give you the highlights with what happened coming up in just a few minutes as well, but um, the the way this yesterday shook out, you had a good first game. You had an absolute train wreck of a second game where Baker Mayfield decided to play Josh Allen, uh, and the Rams were the Bills, and the Denver Broncos were the Patriots in said playoff game. An unbelievable game. 
uh, just st- startling effort by the Broncos. And then you're almost like, wow, where was this Rams team all season? And then the most mediocre of mediocre games last night with Brady squeaking by Trace McSorley and the Cardinals. How sad. How sad. I, I don't even know which, which franchise is sadder right now at 7 and 8. Brady's Bucks or, you know, Mac Jones and Bill Belichick's Patriots. And and also I was talking on the on, on the break, Andy, uh, with our producer Nick LaPan doing an excellent job today, Nicholas. Appreciate having you in. Um he said he's frustrated by the fact that it's like, how come every time Marcus Jones comes into the game, it's like, I wonder what they're gonna do. Are they gonna throw him a five yard pass and then see if he can use his amazing video game like juke ability to you know, uh, shake to the outside or gain, you know, gain yards like it's a pass play punt return. Where's the creativity in using him? Like run him deep, use him as a decoy, throw the defense off because they know that there's a good chance they're going to lean on him. It's like, it's like when Sony Michelle used to come in, like, oh, are they going to run him up the gut? Oh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is here. Oh, is it a you know a handoff straight up the gut? Like, where's the creativity? Um, I think you could see the questions we've been having about Matt Patricia that would answer mm-hmm. your questions about said creativity. It's almost like the creativity's mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Well, the creativity's in Las Vegas, struggling on its own out there, but it's mm-hmm. almost like a defensive coach is calling plays, according to Vance Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks, we don't want to be like, we don't want it like this. And neither do you, the callers. Back to another John we go. This one's out in uh, the fair city of Springfield. Uh, belated Merry Christmas, John. Welcome to Fitzy and Hart. Hey, guys. Uh, happy Boxing Day. Joe Hart, the uh, holidays aren't over. It's Boxing Day, and I'm driving into Newport to watch the other football. Oh, nice. Excellent. So can I celebrate Boxing Day with a whiskey eggnog? Is that appropriate? Oh, well, certainly. Um, <laughs> and, it's uh, necessary uh, if we have to talk Patriots all week long. Okay, so I have an observation that will bring me to my larger point, and that is on Saturday I hear I hear Ian Eagle a couple of times talk about the uh, uncharacteristic errors by the Patriots, and I, I just wonder when these both I, I I like Ian Eagle, but uh, I just wonder when people are going to catch up and realize that this is who the Patriots are now. Hello. Yep. And so as I watch football, you know, when I was a kid. I was a season ticket holder for the Miami Dolphins, and I saw Dan, um, Dandy Don um, Marino yelling at all his players. But I, I also saw Don Shula lose his purpose and, and just, just do things that confounded and befuddled me. And so what I think here is I'm seeing pretty much the same thing decades later. And to Ray and all the faithful, you know, the, the faithful, the past faithful, you know, you got real problems because Bob Kraft is a businessman, and he knows that if he hangs that record up, when you know when Belichick finally passes the Don, that is worth a lot of money. So Bill Belichick is not going anywhere until he catches that record. Hmm. Appreciate the call, John. Thank you very much for spending a couple minutes with us here on the line, Andy. Uh, How do you make money of us off the record? What's that? How do you make money off the record? Uh, by selling tickets and selling merchandise, uh, licensing rights. Uh, to what? Like, am I going to buy a T-shirt? Like, I don't. I have no interest in a T-shirt that says Bill Belichick 348 wins. I mean, I guess some people would. It just seems like a, a drop in the NFT. bucket. Yeah, no, I'm good on that, too. Um, I'd rather have the T-shirt. At least I can wax my car with the T-shirt. Um, but, like... I, I think what's more important is winning, like what's in the best interest of the football team. I would very much give up the record and Belichick and whatever those are for 
better seasons, 12 wins, meaningful football in January, being a contender every year, as Robert Kraft has advocated for, that he expects to see. So I I think it's a little overrated. It's always like they used to say, you know, uh, Troy Brown should never leave New England because he'll make so much money on the back end, he'll never buy a drink in his life. You know how many drinks it takes to make up for, you know, another team offering you maybe $10 million? A lot of drinks. A and lot I would, of drinks. I think it's a lot of T-shirts But a Julian Edelman will say, sorry to step on your toes there, uh, Senor Hart, but like a Julian Edelman, you know, the Foxborough for everything, he was able to merchandise and bank off that and the shine of staying with the Patriots and, and gutting it out, being like one of the most quintessentially Belichickian warriors has paid off because now he's on inside the NFL. He's get, I mean, he's a good-looking guy, and he's good on camera, so that's why he's getting Verizon commercial deals and everything else. But like, uh, that's that's that, that that worked in his benefit, we'll say. Yeah, maybe. I just so think, does that make him more a unicorn in that regard, or well, no, it just depends I, on your personal situation? Uh, it, obviously, it depends on your personal situation. But I've always believed like. The cliche, like a million in the hand is worth many, many millions in the book. Like, I, I just don't think people make as much money on like longevity of career in in one place. And like, oh, you can sign autographs. Like, you got to sign a lot of autographs to make a million dollars. Like, I, I just, I, I think the player should take the money. And my, the comparison here I'm saying is, yep. Robert Kraft's going to keep Bill because what a banner will go up in Gillette that says Bill has. 370 wins or whatever the number is, and he sells a T-shirt. Like, do you make money off that, or do you make more money off of winning 12 games, having a stadium that's filled with fans, having momentum heading towards postseason, hosting a playoff game, like those types of things that are not not going in the right direction right now? No, that's a that's a very fair point as well, and I think all of those things are going to probably come up this offseason as well between the two. And Last question before we get back to the calls. Every time a single line comes open up, another angry Belichick guy is like, oops, excuse me if I may just swerve right into the lane right here. The natives are restless. Oh, they are very, very much indeed. And the, the signals are being sent up and we're here for you. But to what responsibility or to what degree does the organization do Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, and everyone else at, at the New England Patriots, how much do they owe in terms of like slack, leeway, loyalty fealty how much do they owe to belichick for steering the ship and being the architect or one of the lead architects of that 20-year double dynastic run like how many years in a row can they just be like you know robert Kraft says this offseason andy like well you know he's or recently like he's got a unique way of doing things and usually the the process pays out and we're you know we have to be patient juice is worth the squeeze how many how many years of loyalty do they have to display before they say like bill sorry you, you like we can't do this. We're not. We're, you're you're turning us into the them, and we used to be we. It's not working. I would argue the same amount of loyalty that that Bill Belichick showed to Tom Brady and to Mike Vrabel and to Logan Mankins and to any other legend. Like I think he did the right thing. Part of what the Foxborough fraudful uh, enjoyed about him was like he's not emotional. He, he makes the business decision, does what's in the best interest of the football team. If I were Robert Kraft, I would hold Belichick to his own standard. And I've said it a million times. I think Bill Belichick would fire Bill Belichick right now. I think Bill Belichick would say Bill Belichick is living off history and past accomplishments and is not as good as he was, and I'm not going to pay for those. I need to pay for what you're going to do in the future. And I think if you held Belichick to a Belichickian standard, he'd probably already be out of a job. I think he's already gotten more time than he would give himself in the same situation. And it seems at times like there's a plan in place, and at times it doesn't seem like there's a plan in place. And that's exactly what David, who's in the car, would like to call and discuss right now. He wants to talk about the Patriots' plan. Hello, David. Merry Christmas to you. 
And there goes David. Thanks very much. Good to have you there, David. Obviously, he was so frustrated with Good the talk, plan, Dave. he decided to hang up. Good talk. Maybe he'll call back. You know who does want to talk to us? Tim is out in Longmeadow. He wants Tim to man. talk about the younger players, Andy. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, Hello, Tim. Thrilled to, be on, thrilled to be on with both of you. I'm, I'm missing. I want to hear uh, Robert Kraft yelling at Jonathan on the phone again, Fitzy. <laughs> <laughs> sometime soon, I my friend. It may get to that sometime soon, Tim. I know. Sorry. But anyway, no, uh, why are the Patriots different from any other corporate organization in the world right now in dealing with Gen Z? You know, I mean, uh, Mac, Mac Jones, is, is, does he read more Dilbert than Sun Tzu? I mean, you know, what, what's, how are you going to reach these guys? You know what I'm oh, saying? So, so you're saying, like, Bill, uh, how, is, how does Bill Belichick communicate and get through to the younger players? You think, so what, what are you sort of, Tim, are you asking, like, uh, do Belichick's methods work out versus, like, uh, let's say a Mike McDaniel who's, like, the, the, the true exactly. millennial players coach. Exactly. And it's just, it, it's a, it's an issue that, uh, I mean, you know, they're, they're dealing with it from, uh, you know, mom and pop organizations to IBM, you know, I mean, look at me for crying out loud, uh, Apple, who, uh, any of these great organizations who've had years and years and years of unbelievable mind bending success. And the workers now are tuning them out. And I don't know to a degree, but, what did COVID have? I mean, we're asking a lot of big questions here. It's kind of dumb questions, frankly, but, <laughs> uh, you know, how, how are they? Well, if Ned, they and if it? anyone knows how to handle dumb questions, it's That's Fitzy us. Yeah, Fitzy and Hart, <laughs> dumb question central. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, uh, Tim, uh, it's a good it, question, it, Tim, actually. It, it is a good question to, to, to wonder aloud. And thanks for the call, brother. Appreciate it and hope you have a great rest of the holiday exactly. season. Andy. Yes. Do you think there are some processing or communication issues, not obviously from the from Patricia to the offense, please? We don't even need to circle down that drain again. Do you think there are issues with Bill Belichick being able to motivate, discipline, and communicate these these players? Are they tu- are they tuning him out and they're like, Yeah, I kinda kinda came here for the reputation. Now I'm just kind of here for the check. I'm a little too frustrated. Well, Yes would probably be the short answer to that question. I mean, we've talked about, let's look at the big picture one, the Mac, Bill Belichick, Matt, Patricia relationship. They're not all on the same page. We've talked about it with Curran and Giardi. I think Curran used the phrase, Mac is making an enemy of the head coach with his attitude and actions and emotions in recent weeks. So that would be the first example, Kendrick Bourne. Is he not fitting in? Like, he's had a weird transition the last couple years from energy guy, everybody loves him, to, oh, well, what's his issue? Why is he not on the field? Oh, he's a pain in... Like, yeah, but I think a lot of that happens, A, when you're not a good football team, when you struggle. Matthew Slater uh, told Mutt and I a few weeks ago, like, winning cures a lot of things. He's been on teams where, like, he was wondering, hey, what's going on? Oh, we won three in a row? Everything's fine. (laughs) Everything's good. Like, this team can't win the games it needs to squash some of the issues. So I think that's part of it. But you do have different players. You don't have Tom Brady and everybody falling in line behind him. And probably, you know, who probably doesn't get enough credit? Julian Edelman for falling in line behind Brady. The guys that fell in line, not just, we we all give Brady credit for being the leader and beating Rodney Harrison to workouts at 6A. But the people falling in line behind Brady to start the process of everybody in the hierarchy doing the same thing, like a Julian Edelman, I think there's some questions as to how that hierarchy works now. That's a great point, Andy. Uh, I want to revisit that when we come back in just a second. How much of it was sort of like, 
you know, the players falling in line behind like a, excuse me if I uh, misappropriate this in a militaristic capacity, but like falling in line behind their field leader, Brady, versus falling in line behind sort of Bill Belichick, the your field general, if you will, and the architect of whatever the battle plan was. Uh, you know, you know, if they're told now all the time, like, uh, you know, fall in line, do your job, et cetera, like listen to coach, like, and when they push back, like Mac, like a Kendrick Bourne, Next thing you know, they're the, the Y guys are being punished when some of the Y guys, when given the chance to operate uh, to the best of their skill set, can be successful. Look what, what Mac Jones does when you allow him to play his style of game, throwing the ball down the field. It's usually more successful than 55 screen passes and a cloud of and a cloud of, you know, shredded tire parts. And Kendrick Bourne put him in the oh God. Now I just I'm going to hang up and call the show because now I'm frustrated and just take monologue my call on the other side, Andy. Monologue displeasure for two minutes, like we've had these these various callers do. That they they don't really have answers to their own questions, and they have more questions than they really know what to do with at this point. And that is your Patriot season in a nutshell. It's like a bunch of mini podcasts tucked within four yep. hours of a radio show, middays after the holiday. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the telephone number. The angry callers of Patriots Nation are lined up, pitchfork in one hand, cell phone in the other. We are here for you on the other side it's fitzy and hart middays here on eei now we're right back to it fitzy and hart on weei and streaming everywhere on the odyssey app we go back to the phones to Andy's favorite, Stephen Fall River. Steve, did you have a Merry Christmas, my friend? I did. How about you people? Yes. How was yours? Tremendous, Good? although I don't care for you people. <laughs> Even the, But that's what you All always right. call us. <laughs> what do you got, Steve? So when it became apparent that Brady was not going to resign, there was a lot of chatter on, on uh, Sports Talk Radio. Half the people were ambivalent. Oh, whatever, we'll move on. We'll do what we're going to do. Some of us said, we're, going, we're back in the beginning. We're back in 93, 94. We were wrong. I was wrong. We're, we're in the 90 to 92 zone. That's where we're at. Four, four um, Bill Parcells got here. We are that lost. We have a problem. I've been hearing you guys talk about it. I just know you're overemphasizing and everyone's overemphasizing the, the play calling and the play design. That is a problem. But the bigger problem is these other people are better players than we do. I watched Miami. I watched Cincinnati. I watched who's on their offensive side of the ball. And you could say, well, Bill Belichick was spending all this time on defense. He didn't put any emphasis on offense. But yet he spent the most money trying to do something with this offensive uh weapons we supposedly don't have spent the most money on them this year 30 percent of the cap Bob's, bob craft's cap has gone for wide receivers and tight ends they're garbage the other people have draft picks doing a nice job and in miami's case they've got draft picks <laughs> and they have uh people they acquired and we have a problem on the offensive line not because bill belichick didn't want to do the offensive line he has two number one picks one of them can't play the other one can't play. And he's got a high-priced guy he brought in, Trent Brown, who plays on every year that's odd. He's very good on odd years. He doesn't take off the even years. Ooh, next year. And this is where we're at. We've got, we got a lousy offensive line. I don't, I, I'm sure Dante Skanex could help a little bit, 
but it's not going to help guys that don't have feet, that can't do this. Trent Brown doesn't want to play. Uh, the guy that's out on Indy Reserve can't play, even though he was a first-round pick. I mean, this is – he's tried at these things. He's bad at it. He, we're not – you know, we're he, – well, he's also bad. He's a 500 coach. We're one game below 500. What do you expect? 500. This is what we're going to be. Now, Zudi might have it. I think the Patriots use Zudi a lot when he advertises. Let me toot their horn. What do you think the concessions were in the second half of that game compared to a year ago? Oof. Andy, were they down 80%, 90%, 75%? A lot. You want to know what drives Bob Kraft and Jonathan? I don't know. I, I heard I heard Bob Kraft cleaned out all of Brookline on uh, antacids. He was in there gobbling <laughs> up all the antacids. He must be, this, this isn't going to work. If they are half of mm-hmm. the savvy sports operators, they know they are. Right now, we don't have a quarterback that we can that we mm-hmm. have to make a decision on, like the rest of the league, and, and re up well. again. We, we're still in the zone, and we don't have football ops that's setting us in the right direction. Good time for a reset, isn't it? Wash it all out, start all over again. Fire this guy at the end of the season, or let him resign. Now's the time to reset. We're All right, at, thank you for the call, the Steve. I appreciate Thanks, that Steve. very much. Um, yeah, no, bottom line, straight up. Yeah, I mean, but the bottom line will dictate the moves that take place within the organization this offseason. I don't, Andy, I think we both agree that the we don't have a quarterback issue has been almost incidentally tabled this season because of what's happened along the offensive line and especially with the play calling, and that has probably beset the progress of many people, receivers, running backs, and especially your quarterback, yes? Yeah, I I said when we came into the year, I thought this would be a no-lose situation for Mac because I don't know how you, if it failed, I don't know how you could not point to the offensive coordinator who's a defensive coach and the quarterback's coach who's a special teams coach. Now, a a large portion of Patriot Nation is Mm -hmm. pointing the finger at Mac and saying, I'm done with him. Similar to Bill, like I'm done with him, but we also don't have a quarterback. He's a big part of the problem. Do I think he's a franchise quarterback? No, I do not. But I don't know how you can base that off of, what has transpired this season in the ineptitude that everybody's pointing out in the route. <laughs> it's our defensive guy will call offensive plays. Right. right. Yeah, and get Kurt Warner mocking him in his YouTube videos or Dan Orlovsky mocking the offense and everything. Like, is Mac the answer? We don't know because everything before yeah. his chance to show it is so bleeped up. That was the, I thought that was the whole point this year. In addition to playing the games that are scheduled – trying to win as many football games, make playoffs, progress, roster build, et cetera, et cetera. I thought the whole point this season, or at least you and I thought so, um, others at the station, uh, Fourier, et cetera, the whole point is to see what you have in Mac Jones. Like, you declared him a franchise quarterback. Yep. Let's really put him to the test against the lumber of the AFC. And instead, we've confused him, confounded the fan base, and now have raised more organizational questions than we entered the season with. But other than that, how was the show, Mrs. Lincoln? Right. And there's no argument to be made that they prioritized Mac Jones. Because if you prioritize your quarterback, you don't ask him to teach his quarterback's coach before they actually start working together. You don't put a defensive coordinator uh, in, in charge of the offense and calling plays mm-hmm. for him. You just don't. That's not – it's, it's, it makes no sense. It's inexplicable. So they did not prioritize developing their quarterback in year two. They absolutely did not. Uh, Izan, if I'm getting that correctly, is uh, out in Western Mass. Hi, sir. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, it's uh, Ivan. He must have put a Z, not a Z. Oh, he did by accident. <laughs> Ivan, I'm sorry. Yeah, That's much Z in there. I apologize. Ivan. 
more traditional. Yeah, you guys pick Matt, it up. Uh, please uh, welcome our call screener, uh, Joe Judge, everybody. I apologize. Oh, that's a cheap <laughs> shot. Yes, it was, and I'm not above it. Hi, Ivan. What's up, man? Hey, um, I just wanted to know what you guys think the situation would look like if we pulled out some of those wins against Minnesota, Vegas, Cincy, and had like a record of about 10-5 and five or something. Do you think that Mac would be getting blamed as much as he is, and how much blame do you guys put on Mac right now? No, I don't think anybody would be getting blamed as much as they are because, as I said earlier, winning cures all. And if you have 10 wins and you're cruising towards a, you know, either a division title or a lockdown uh, wildcard spot, it changes the perception of everything. Matt Patricia wouldn't be under as much fire either, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But the reality might be Thank you, you may call, be Ivan. delaying it. the inevitable or, like, masking some of the problems in that situation. But the bottom line also is they didn't. They, they can't execute with the game on the line. They can't, you know, do a two-minute drive or, or, or make the plays they need to make to, to win those close games against good, above-average football teams. And that's where you are left where you are. Although I will continue to say, all of that aside, if you beat the Raiders and the Bears, forget any other teams, the okay. Raiders and the Bears, you beat them, you feel different. It's a different story right now. And you couldn't even beat those teams, one of which was eliminated from the postseason about, ah, well, hell, in September. Yeah, but would we feel better as in, like, this team is making significant strides towards a brighter, positive, competitive future? Or would we be duped into a false sense of success, which is yeah. kind of what like last, last season ended up being? Yeah, absolutely. You'd be duped into a false sense of success, but at least you'd be duped. There's no duping going on. Everybody has accepted. The difference this year is... You may make the playoffs, but no one cares, seemingly, from everything I've seen on text, Twitter, the calls we're taking. Yeah, you can make the playoffs, but you're not going to trick me into thinking you're an actual playoff team. You just happen to be filling that void in this year based on the numbers and the games that have transpired across the league. No one is buying it. No one is taking the cheese. Do you find anybody that's like, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs. We'll show all those. No, people are like, even if you make the playoffs, I know what I watched. You're not a good football team. There are, I think, there are some people that think, well, you do, you know, get into the get into the dance, you have a chance. Okay, well, I want those people to call six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. I want the cheese takers. If you're taking the cheese and are going to be excited to see the Patriots in the playoffs, I'm going to take that as a sign of good things and moving forward and positivity. Please call. I won't hold out hope. Hope. Uh, the the one problem is Andy, we that the lines are too full of people angry at Belichick. For yeah, the I know, cheese. and it'll remain that way. Uh, Andy just gave you the number. Hour number three of Fitzy and Hart coming up. So much more show to go. We are here for you till 2 p.m. Happy to have you. Thanks for listening to us. Happy day after Christmas. Happy Boxing Day. Happy bitching about the Patriots Day. Fitzy and Hart here middays on WEEI. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.